Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, episode 57. My name is Mark Chamblin, and today I'm joined by Alex Wallace. How are you? How are we feeling today? Man, you have some really fucking dark energy today. <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a dark, it's a dark uh, movie. It's, yeah, uh, it, it was it was nominated for the Scream Awards for best horror movie, and it got nominated. It did uh, not. Win. Okay, cool. What's <laughs> up, girls and gays? How's everyone doing? Uh, so, before we get to the the riveting Resident Evil film that we watched this week, uh, there is something that I, I think we do need to address here. Now, um, I mentioned on Twitter on the Cartridge Cinema Club Twitter a, a few weeks ago that we were not going to be releasing any further Sonic the Hedgehog-related movie content uh, until the Sonic the Hedgehog movie was released, because I feel like at this point we've we've given them enough at this point, and they've, they've already established that they're, they're just here to disappoint us and make us upset, and we don't want to, you know, contribute to that any more than we reasonably have to based on the journalistic expectations of running a video game movie podcast. Yeah, at this point, we'd be giving them what they want if we kept yeah. going. Yeah, exactly. So we didn't, you know, when they when they put out the new Sonic design uh, that looks less like a terrible alien demon toddler, uh, we didn't talk about it on the show. We just let them, we just let them do their fucking thing. Uh... But now uh, there's something that I think does need to be addressed, uh, and that is the fact that the studio that is largely responsible for the redesign that they put together in six months for this Sonic movie, the VFX studio, that is, uh, has been shut down. Uh, it is a Vancouver-based studio called Moving Picture Company, and they are laying off everyone uh, after being the people who crunched to death. <laughs> to make the Sonic movie look a little less uh, terrifying. So um, there are hundreds of people likely out of their jobs here. Uh, and I think, f <clears throat> first of all, Mark, thoughts on the, we didn't talk about it on the show. So thoughts on just the Sonic redesign and then we'll get to the layoff stuff. <sighs> Yeah, I had a feeling we were going to get to this. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 people want to know. Um well, listen, it's not like I it's not like I have any choice as to whether I'm going to see this movie or not. <laughs> so, my thoughts as to whether it looks fucking awful or kind of not fucking awful anymore are are largely irrelevant to uh as opposed to most people where I think they were making a purchasing decision sure. based on yeah. if this movie looked um, bad. Unlike us who are bound by fate <laughs> to watch I, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I'm I'm yeah, I'm I'm bound by blood <laughs> contract to see this fucking movie. Uh that being said, uh I I don't know. I I thought the voice was good from the beginning and I think now the character matches the voice more. Um and it looks uh, capital F fine mm -hmm. now. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about <laughs> it. Is like, yeah, the new design is fine, and I wish it didn't exist. One because that's... of the the massive amounts of human suffering that were like caused by the fact that they tried to redesign this creature, uh, and also because I just wanted to see that movie. I just really wanted that to see. Too. I wanted to see the film that they would have made with that awful thing and its terrifying fucking teeth. And we'll you, never get to see that movie now. We'll never get to you know, see it. You know what? You know what? What? Fuck this. Here's, <laughs> here's my actual thoughts on okay. this. Okay. The, mm, hmm. 
Hit me. Mm, I feel like I'm. I think I'm turning into you right now. <laughs> Just there's mm. <laughs> the the amount of fucking man hours that went into just redesigning fucking movie Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> that everyone's gonna hate anyway mm-hmm. and lost everyone their fucking jobs and cost hundreds of millions of dollars and will make another several hundreds of millions of dollars even though it will be hated um, and will inevitably spawn a sequel which will inevitably get another studio shut down <laughs> and crunched and have their Christmases fucking ruined and the fucking director on Twitter is gonna get all the fucking credit for making for for saving it mm-hmm. and then consumers will be blind fucking sheep once again and think that they had anything to do with this and think that it's their moral obligation to go spend 15 fucking dollars on this stupid fucking movie i, I oh my god i the the whole the concept that this movie exists is fucking infuriating no one was asking for a sonic the hedgehog movie no one no one wants this no one wants it even if it looks good. No one fucking cares. But we will all see it and it will make a shit zillion dollars because because Americans uh a lot of Americans have excess money and even the ones that don't have excess money are looking to fill the fucking void in their lives by cramming a movie into that hole because there's nothing else for us. Um <laughs> I've been having a week. Yeah, man. I mean, okay, like the thing is is like the- I don't I don't have that much to say about the studio shutdown beyond just like this is this this is how capitalism works and yep. this is this is wage theft this is what it is man. Yep. I mean like straight up like this issue is not any more complicated than shareholders and executives make millions of dollars a year millions yep. of dollars and the and mostly to go golfing and drink and do coke right and people who go in every fucking day and work 12 to 16 hour fucking death march shifts to redesign fucking sonic the hedgehog are left with no health insurance are left with no wages are left with no way to support their families because the people who wanted to buy a second yacht decided that they didn't want to spend money on this studio anymore now that it already fulfilled its purpose. And all of these human lives are not important to those people because our society encourages people who do not have empathy and who do not feel sympathy for other human beings to become successful and powerful and have control over other people's lives. And that's really all that there is to any of this. It is simply, this is just capitalism working. Right? There's nothing more to it. There's this is how the system is built to work. Um and it's disgusting and tragic and I I don't know if I have much else to say about it other than that. Resident Evil Afterlife is a twenty ten <laughs> action horror film. Uh, oh boy. Directed by <laughs> I'm gonna keep I'm just gonna keep, keep going. No, keep doing it. <laughs> Directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, making his grand return. Uh, he's this is his first one directing since the first one, which was the most gray of all of them. This one is also gray. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's it's a, a theme a, that he enjoys. <laughs> he, he sure likes 
throwing ninja stars and <laughs> gray walls. This is a direct sequel to Resident Evil Extinction. It's the fourth installment in the series and the first to be shot in 3D. God, this Which, was during yeah. the, the whole 3D thing. Yeah, um, we obviously watched the movie in 3D when we were pirating it. I watched it in 4D. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> my I, chair Mila was Jovovich, rumbling and shit. Mila Jovovich came to my house and beat the shit out of me while I was watching the movie. It was very immersive. God. It's, uh, uh, well, she's back, um, of course. And uh, the dude from Prison Break, who also breaks out of prison in this movie, uh, he on Wikipedia it said that he thought it was a practical joke at first when they like told him that he's going to break out of a prison in this movie. Um, and there's some other people in this movie, I guess. Uh, they all die. Whatever. We'll get to it. Um, the film was released in September 2010 to generally negative reviews. Uh, it grossed $60 million in the U.S., and Canada on an estimated sixty million dollar budget. Oh, class for that! Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but it's it okay made, because, it, of course, it made a shit million dollars in in foreign markets anyway, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Yep, eventually becoming the second highest grossing entry of the series. Um, th- this film ostensibly has a plot. I would love to hear about it. All right, <clears throat> check it out. Check it out. Check it out. So. Long-time listeners of the podcast, those of you who keep up with all of the Resident Evil episodes for some fucking reason, uh, you may remember that the last film, Resident Evil Extinction, ended with Mila Jovovich, and she finds a bunch of super-powered clones of herself somewhere. I don't remember where. You don't either. It doesn't matter. And her and all of her cool clone friends were all going to go, and they were going to fuck up the Umbrella Corporation, and they were going to get that that big, bad, meanie Alan Wesker and give him what's for uh, and and that plot line is resolved in the first five minutes of the movie because all of the super cl- power clones get blown up and big bad Alan Wesker stabs Mila Jovovich in the neck with a syringe and makes her lose all of her power so she can't blow things up with her mind in this movie anymore and then he escapes and blows up the facility and all of her clone friends die so then the rest of the movie is spent with Mila Jovovich and once again an entirely new cast of characters that we don't give a shit about and they're all not going to be characterized and then they're going to die horribly so don't spend a lot of time thinking about them uh and they're at like a prison in Los Angeles and they gotta get to this ship that's off the coast of the of the of of Los Angeles and allegedly there is safety there and then they get there and it is not safe uh, and Wesker is there and there's a big stupid fight and Wesker gets away again and that's the film so how'd you feel about this one more <laughs> Uh, thank Christ for YouTube uh, 1.25 times <laughs> speed uh, <clears throat> I've watched the last two Resident Evil films on this setting because <laughs> it doesn't matter and you get done with the movie 15 minutes earlier. <laughs> um, God, uh, this is... I, I was thinking the whole time, like, oh, this movie is was made in this decade and it still looks like 2004 <laughs> uh, because they still are using the Matrix font yep. and they're still using the Matrix effects the matrix looks better than this movie like make no mistake <laughs> yeah, it does. um she like you said she loses her powers in the beginning and then nothing fucking changes <laughs> so what was the point i was really frustrated the whole time thinking in the beginning oh that's kind of interesting that now she won't be like a super reflex back flipping dual wielding uh super warrior but then she just is yeah. still it's the she only- just can't 
set birds on fire with her mind in this one. Yeah, so I guess, like, if, if for some reason you're listening to this episode and haven't listened to all of the other episodes, the idea with Mila Jovovich's superpowers is that she isn't, like, you know, a super badass martial arts person, but she's gotten, you know, infected with the T-virus, and now she has superpowers, uh, and she can blow things up with her mind and run up walls and do all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, and then she loses her superpowers in this movie, and she can still do most of those things. She just can't send out shockwaves with her mind that kill people. But, you know, she's still a, it's still a superhero movie. This is not an action film or a horror movie. It's a superhero movie. Yeah, she's just no longer a fucking Sith Lord. Yeah, seriously. Um, so my um, my general sense with this film was just kind of like a like a deep-seated sense of exhaustion (laughs) like like i started watching this was like the first thing i did today i like woke up and immediately went to my desk to sit down and start watching this movie and like i'm i'm so i'm so tired of these movies i'm so when like when mila jovovich started talking in her stupid fucking whisper asmr voice like she always fucking does in this movie and doing her bland ass narration and i just like my eyes were just beginning to glaze over already i'm so tired of the fucking music i'm so tired of the synths that go for the entire that's the whole movie you want, you want the expo- you want the experience of watching a resident evil movie here it is it goes that's it that that's all you need to know i'm so tired of the matrix font i'm tired of fucking brown and gray i'm tired of the plot meandering all over the fucking place and making no goddamn sense in these movies and going fucking nowhere i'm i'm sick of watching resident evil films and we still have two more of them and that is filling me with like an immense sense of dread yeah considering that i don't I had my doubts as to whether we could squeeze 25 minutes out of this movie. I don't know how we're going to do it two more times. Well, my understanding is that the fifth and sixth ones is they just fully commit to being all the way stupid. That's the problem with these movies, right? They are incredibly stupid. They're incredibly, like, characters running up walls and doing backflips and shooting zombies in the head-ass movies. But... Also, there is no sense of levity. None of the characters seem like they're enjoying themselves throughout all of this ridiculousness. None of it feels fun. It feels stupid. It doesn't feel fun. And that's the biggest problem, right? Is that these movies are not enjoyable to watch because it does not feel like the characters are enjoying themselves. And it does not feel like the people who were making the film were enjoying themselves. It is just like bland and dry and... I've mentioned this a million times, but it's so critical to have your characters talk about things that aren't in the fucking plot so I can get a sense for what who these people are and what their motivations and goals are and why they're here and what's going on with them. And there's none of that in this film. And there's been none of that in any of these films. And it and, and they just get to keep making them and making millions of dollars. And that just makes me really sick. I don't know. Yeah, because it's not like... It's not like there's enough here for it to be, like, dramatic. Like, if it's not going to be a schlocky, fun action movie with goofy characters, uh, which it's not at all, (laughs) then the characters have to have some sort of emotional weight or stakes uh, or anything to latch onto to make them feel like real people. And there's nothing... So we, we've talked about this so many fucking times, but when these characters die, you feel less than nothing. <laughs> you really feel is. you feel a negative, like a negative absence of emotion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, 
it, we, we really, like, I've mentioned this a little bit that one of the, like, in the last episode I mentioned that one of the biggest issues with these films is the cast and the yeah. fact that, like, every, there have been four of these that we've watched so far, and every single one of them completely replaces the cast of supporting characters with a completely different set of characters. So all, like, all of the characters except for one of them and, like, Mila Jovovich from Resident Evil Extinction are all gone and they're replaced with a completely new set of assholes, and you know that they're all gonna die. Like, that's the thing, is, like, they have just, like, they have they have sucked all of the tension out of this universe. It's all gone. There's, like, you, as soon as she gets to the prison and they start introducing characters, I'm like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. These people are gonna die. Why do, Why should I, why does it matter? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. We, we made I no was. effort to, to remember their names, because no. it's pointless. It's pointless. Um, the only ones who get to live are fucking Chris Redfield because he was in the game yeah. and fucking whatever Jill Valentine or whoever it was. Cause she's in the game. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Like your, your, your chances of surviving to the end of the resident evil movie <laughs> go up. If you are a named character from the resident evil games, or if you are, or if you are a white person, <laughs> basically, this is, this is very true. Yeah. Are they going to fucking put like Leon in the second one? Somebody's going to some white fucking uh ethan hawk looking asshole is gonna walk up in resident evil 5 and be like the name's leon i'm gonna be like of course (laughs) yeah god man i mean like that's like like we we talked at length about the incredibly embarrassing black stereotype character from the second and third movies who has been replaced with a much less stereotypical black character in this movie still made him a basketball player though they just can't help themselves. And then they got the one Asian character who is entirely subservient to a white character because he's like the intern of the shitty movie director guy. And then he dies for no reason. And a bunch of the other characters die for no reason. And I just got to ask, this is the thing that I'm coming to. And this is the thing that like really started to come into focus for these. Like while I was watching this movie in particular is like, it's, it's so hard to tell if they planned these movies because it feels like the first five minutes and the last five minutes of every film were planned out to lead directly into one another. Like, they always end up at some facility where there's some bad guy. The bad guy gets away somehow, but they find out some new place to go or some new thing that's going to help him out, and then they're going to go get him. And then at the beginning of the next movie, that plot line is resolved in five seconds and the bad guy gets away again, and then we get to spend an entire, like hour and a half with a bunch of assholes we don't care about shooting zombies in the face and then the plot comes up again in the last five minutes and it really begs the question of like did they just have like the bookends of this film like all of these films figured out and then just like have to be like all right fuck what am i gonna fill the rest of the time with here because i couldn't figure out a way to stretch the superpower clone plot out to an hour and a half so i need something else to put in here and it's just they're bad movies. I, I, oh my God. And <laughs> th- there's no creative spark in this movie. Like they, I, it feels like there was just like 12 people in a room and a Capcom executive there. And they were just like, fuck man. The, 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 the this bar has met that bar on a chart and we got to make another <laughs> movie that makes us another $300 million this year. Uh, Resident Evil. Bam. We haven't done one of those in a while. Um, Mila Jovovich, how much money do you want? Okay, great. Here's <laughs> that. Um, uh, okay. this In this one, they're going to fucking... Um, what have we not done? What city have we not done? <laughs> fucking Los Angeles. Easy. 
Uh, okay, what, where would a bunch of people be in, go? Yeah, what could be in yeah. Los Angeles? Uh, shitty movie director, basketball star, uh, <laughs> Korean <laughs> yep. guy that's an intern to the shitty movie director. Boom, cut, print, it's done. Okay, yeah. Well, where are they going to go? Okay, well, what place, like, would be good to protect yourselves from zombies? Um, a prison. Okay, sure, sure. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Just, yeah, just d- get, write it. get me a script. Get me a fucking screenplay. Yeah. It can't get be that hard. a script and, have... a, and a, a location that we can make look like a prison. <laughs> you have 14 days. Go. <laughs> what are we watching I... next week? <laughs> Um, I'm you hoping... said you wanted a 22 minute episode, and I gave it to you, baby. <laughs> Holy shit! Is it actually? Oh yeah, there we're we fucking great. go. Um, yeah, we're watching Castlevania. We're watching the entire first season. It's just a few episodes. Um, it's a Netflix animated show. Uh, the first two seasons apparently adapt uh, Castlevania three and follow the story of Trevor Belmont. Which is interesting because I feel like that is like the least well-known of like the early Castlevania games is the third one. Well, that's, and the the reason I think is because it's not, it's not uh, Simon's Quest, which means that it's not like infamous uh, for being a bad game. Well, I think, and it's not Castlevania one, which is like a classic and everybody kind of likes it. And it's just known to be brutally difficult. I think, um, I think, I'm going to make a prediction here. I have not seen this show, um, but uh, I'm going to imagine that they probably picked Castlevania 3 because I believe that was the game where you could, like, switch between characters. So they probably got a little bit of a bigger cast out of adapting that game. Um, But, yeah, we're going to watch just the first season of this. Um, I have not watched it. I have seen clips of this, and it looks gorgeous. It looks like they just, like, put went all in on the animation for this, and I'm, I'm really excited to watch it. Uh, speaking of the animation for this, real quick, shout out to uh, Dan in Triple C Nation and also just general friend and person I have worked with in the past uh, who is on the animation team for this show um, and has been begging us to watch it for the podcast for a really long time. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to, to check this out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Where can people find the podcast on the internet, Mark? Um, man, imagine people that this was their first episode. Yeah, what? Usually, usually there's a little more levity. Usually we're, we have fun on this show, <laughs> I promise. Um, <laughs> go listen to Donkey Kong Country. Uh, uh, at Cartridge Cinema on Twitter is where you can find us. That's at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, join the Discord. It's linked in the pinned post. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us. Give us five stars. We love reading those reviews. They don't come super often, but when they do, it's like a it's like a nice little kiss on the cheek. Uh, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. We are at minutes, uh, twenty three minutes and fifty four seconds. For me, it was Tuesday. Oh man, don't join the military, butt cops. No. <laughs> oh, you weren't gonna do it for a second. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> How can I forget to say butt cops? All right. God, how is an episode? <laughs> That that felt like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. Yeah, yeah. Didn't feel like a tight twenty minutes. It felt like twenty minutes.